You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you ready for some mailbag questions here from the I'm people? ready. All right, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com if you want to send us in some questions. Um, and I would say this, too, the part of the calendar we're heading into um, – there's going to be an opportunity here for us to kind of veer off in some other directions with the mailbag other than just Texans because we're kind of heading into the, the dead period for the football calendar. So uh, we take we do take baseball questions on here, Astro questions as well. Um, we'll start with J.R. Cortez, who has one of each, John. He's got a Texan and an Astros question. Um, this goes back to you and I talking earlier about those first three games of the year. Um, maybe foreshadowing my answer to this. What game for the Texans this season would be your biggest surprise? if the Texans were to pull pull off a victory? Um, well, I would certainly be surprised if they won that first game at Baltimore. That's mine. But if you're looking at the rest of the season, I would say Aaron Rod. No, I would say Cincinnati because yeah. I think the Bengals are a legitimate Super Bowl team, even more so than Baltimore. And maybe the Jets are. I'm not so sold on them being a Super Bowl contender right now. But we know the Bengals are. If they won in Cincinnati, to me, that would be the biggest surprise upset. Okay. Yeah, mine would be Baltimore just because that could be C.J. Stroud's first start as a, as, a, as an NFL quarterback in a hostile environment. Um, that That's one I could see going side. But they're both hard. They're, I mean, they're, they're both totally valid answers, Cincinnati or Baltimore. And I think the Jets, those are – I think those by the odds makers, those are their hardest three games. They're eight, nine, nine and a half point underdogs in those games. I would go with Baltimore just based on it being the debut for CJ Stroud, unless there's an ambush element that Bobby Slowick's got ready, that they haven't seen any film yet on Stroud as an NFL quarterback or any film on this offense. But that's going to be both of those games are going to be uphill battles. The other uh, question JR has, John, uh, what are the chances the Astros will be able to sign Kyle Tucker to a long term contract? Based on Jim Crane's philosophy of not signing those eight, nine-year, ten-year deals like other teams are doing, they're not going to sign him. You know, they they for whatever reason made him go to arbitration. They could have given him another two and a half million, signed him for this year. He sat in on the arbitration. I was at spring training when he showed up, and he said he wasn't bitter, but you could tell he was bitter. To me, you've got to take care of of Kyle Tucker, but he's not going to sign a team-friendly contract yeah. like Jordan Alvarez. 
uh, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve. They did. Tucker knows he sees the market. He knows his value. I would hate to see him leave, but if I had to make a prediction now, I'd say he's gone, but it's going to be another three seasons, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I've, I've For the last year or so, I've put him in that Springer, Correa category of guys. Yeah, you know what? Homegrown, great players. Um, they'll find the next right fielder in the draft at some point and hope that they're the next Kyle Tucker. I will say this about Tucker's season so far. If you're – angling to try to get a 10 or 12 year deal. This is not the season to have that he's been having so far. He's not been bad, but he's not been great. He's been for him kind of just average at the plate, I guess. And, and defensively, he's not been good this year, John. He's not been good out in the outfield. He was a gold glover last year. He's been far from that this year. That's the biggest surprise. And nobody has an explanation for it. I thought without the shift, he was going to benefit big time yeah. and his average would skyrocket. But it hasn't. No, nor has Jordan's. I mean, I know Jordan's out right now. Jordan's average is fine. I mean, it's in with Jordan, it's more about the OPS and the slugging and the timeliness of his hits. He's as good a clutch hitter as I've ever seen. Um, but even Jordan, like, you know, remember last year, I mean, you and I were talking about stats like they calculated if there were no shifts, like Jordan, instead of hitting 302 or whatever he hit, would have hit 335. And that has not panned out that way this year for them so far. Tucker. Alvarez, Bregman, Altuve, those four have to be playing very well at the plate and in the field because they're the stars. Yep. You know, if you got all these injuries like they do, the pitching staff, and you've got to be able to have your top guys come through, including like Hunter Brown did on uh, Tuesday night against Washington. You need Fromber and Christian Javier to be like Connor Brown. They, need, they don't have to be great, but they can't be mediocre like they were in the last start. No, no. And, and the offense largely this year has been uh, has been mediocre other than Jordan Alvarez, who may be out for a while now. And Mauricio Dubon. And Dubon, yes. Dubon, yes, let's give Dubon his propers. Um, Doug C. Uh, asks um, – says Jacksonville just unveiled plans for their new stadium last week, and it looks incredible. Once Tennessee builds their stadium, and assuming that Jacksonville gets all the funding for theirs, the Texans will have the oldest stadium in the AFC South. John, what do you think the future holds for NRG Stadium, and how does the Astrodome play into plans for that area of town? Yeah, Astrodome doesn't play into it at all. The stadium's 22 years old. It needs renovations, there's no doubt. And they've got a plan they're working on to uh, – renovate it. They don't want to move. They want to stay right there. It's centrally located for everybody. And so uh, they've, they've got it. At some point, they're going to have to do it. It's not going to be cheap, but fans think stadiums going to last forever. Unfortunately, they don't. John, what do you think uh, as far as, I mean, I know you, you're in the press box most of the time. You're not, you know, making the rounds at the stadium. And I know you don't, you don't sit in the stands. You sit in the press box at these games, but from people you talk to or just observing from afar, um, do you think the stadium just needs like, you know, routine maintenance, I'll call it, you know, where it just needs, it, it needs a fresh coat of paint kind of thing. Or do you think that there's things that you've seen at other stadiums or things that you've heard people say, we really need X, Y, Z at NRG stadium. Like how big a facelift do you think it needs? This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, I think it's going to cost, I'm guessing, over $100 million. Mm-hmm. They need, I've been in other stadiums, just two or three I've seen the suites. My goodness, there's no comparison because NRG was completed and uh, let's see, 2002, yeah. and uh, and it was great at the time. But now all these other stadiums, I went to the uh, college football championship game, mm-hmm. and I was in a suite there that Mattress Mac had bought, and I couldn't believe it because I it was just it was so big and it was incredible. And I don't think they're going to do that here because they're not going to spend four billion dollars. Yeah, but they de- do need to have upgrades. And it's just your average maintenance that need, they keep it up all the time. Yeah. It's still a great stadium. And I think one of the first things they need to do is make those, those suites. Uh, they all need to be, you know, have, they need to be uh, renovated. All yeah. the suites. Yeah. And they need a swimming pool like Jackson. And the press box time. needs bigger TVs. <laughs> yes. And and uh, and and servants feeding us grapes up there as well, and and fanning us with palm fronds up in the uh, up in the press box. I, I keep putting that in the suggestion box, and it never happens. Every year I look for palm fronds up in the press box. It never happens. Um, all right, um, let's see. Uh, Jim uh, asked this. Hey guys, with all the talk of the Ring of Honor, is Matt Schaub worthy of the Ring of Honor? His prime years were great, and he still has franchise records. Take away the pick six season. Can't do that, Jim. It it it, it happened. Um, and fan- is that a buzzsaw? That is my dryer going off because Carol's washing and drying clothes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry John. about that. That's okay. I just didn't know what. Mad kind of job. Head- move on. I, I didn't know what kind of heavy machine. Somebody asked that question. Somebody asked that question, John. Yeah. Um, are you? You've mentioned Jonathan Joseph's name. Like we've talked about. We talked about it on Pain and Pendergast today, but. Like the line, if you were the head of the Ring of Honor committee, the same way that you're part of the Hall of Fame committee, they they put John McClain in charge of the uh, Ring of Honor. What is your line for a player uh, in the Ring of Honor? You know, as far as accolades goes. Well, first you have to decide: are they going to have to be guys like Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt, who were not just among the best on the team, among the greatest in NFL history? Yeah. If you do that, there's only one guy going up. And that would be DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. You know, maybe in 20 years, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson Jr., but right now that'd be it. And I don't know exactly what the criteria is. And I know Jay Joe came here, and when he came here as a free agent from Cincinnati, it coincided, helped turn around the team, go to the playoffs, win playoffs. He was a really good cornerback. He was a great guy off the field for the organization, but he's not in a class with the other two. So I haven't talked to the McNair family. They may want to keep it like J.J. and Andre Johnson. If that's Mm -hmm. the case, the next one will be DeAndre Hopkins, unless it's Bill O'Brien. I'll tell you who I really, really would like to see up there is Gary Kubiak. I think Gary Kubiak, who won their first two division titles, first two playoff games, turned around the worst franchise in the league, was a class act all the way. And is from Houston and has so many Super Bowl rings as an assistant coach and now as a head coach. I think I don't know how anybody could complain about putting Gary Kubiak in the ring of honor. I wouldn't complain about anybody, honestly. Like I would have my criteria, which for players would be similar to yours, like a pretty high bar. But if they wanted to go put Arian Foster or uh or 
Jonathan Joseph, you know, or Chris Myers, Owen Day, they, they're all good guys. Like it's the ring of honor. We're not curing cancer or anything like that. Um, so if they want to, and to me, and so people go, well, why would you care about any of the accolades? Well, because this is a ring of honor for a stadium, like hall of fame. I do think like that's big picture, global sport kind of thing. Like the stuff that you and the hall of fame committee decide, John, like I, I do thing and, and i know you take it and your colleagues take it incredibly seriously the ring of honor is just on a like a level lower than that to me if they want to put him in and have a great ceremony on a sunday to celebrate guys that made three pro bowls but never got in the hall of fame conversation knock yourself out i guess the one thing i'd say about kubiak and i hate these arguments because kubiak there's not a better human being than gary kubiak so i feel like a jerk saying no don't put him up there but I, if we're going to use that criteria for players and I like your argument, you know, just the, the the overall resume with Gary and maybe the given that it's an expansion franchise, the historical significance of him being the first good coach of good teams of this franchise, then yeah, maybe so. I just don't like that's um, – I feel like if we're going to use the, the, the high-achieving criteria as a Texan, as a Texan, not as an assistant or as a Bronco head coach, then I got to apply it to Gary Kubiak. Sorry, Gary, if you're listening, I got to apply it to Gary Kubiak. As well. I'm going to tweet that as soon as we get off. Gary Kubiak got to be the next person in the ring of iron. Oh, do it. Yeah, John, that'll get people going. I tell you, we uh, the station tweeted out a link to a segment Seth and I did the other day when they announced JJ. We said, okay, well, who's next? Who's the next one? And they tweeted out our segment on it. Um, with that question in the tweet. So it just turned into a bunch of people replying, turned into a quasi Twitter poll with a bunch of people replying. I'll tell you what the two most popular answers were. Um, Arian Foster far and away had the most support of anybody uh, among former Texan players, former or current or still active on other team Texan players. Arian Foster, he had more votes than everybody else that got votes combined. And there were probably 50 or 60 replies. So Arian has the most support, it seems like, among that sample of the fan base. I'll tell you what was second? Nobody. Right now, they're, they're, so number two on the list was there is not a person playing right now or retired right now that deserves to be in the ring. DeAndre Hopkins. I can't believe they wouldn't put Hopkins in. There were a player. lot of people said nobody. There were a lot of people that said nobody. Wow. I'm with you on Hopkins. I, I like Hopkins was making a run at Andre Johnson's numbers as a Texan before they traded him to Arizona. That's That's – among many things, it makes me mad about them trading DeAndre Hopkins. The return on the trade, obviously, is the big thing. Um, but I was, I'm, it made me sad that we didn't get to see Hopkins' prime continue through as a Texan. He's probably getting to the very end of his prime, if not a little past it right now. Um, because Andre Johnson stayed a Texan his whole, his whole prime plus one season where he started to kind of take a step back. Um, it kind of eliminated some really fun comparisons of those two as the greatest two Texan wide receivers of all time. And then Matt Schaub. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's what got us on this tangent, Matt Schaub. All right, a uh, couple quick ones here, John, from Joe Q, who is a frequent emailer to the uh, Utopia podcast, and he's emailed a bunch of questions. I'm going to cherry pick a couple quick ones here. Um, he says, um, can we get a quick free agency tutorial why is it the big stars like Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins are coming on the market following the draft? Because uh, if you cut them after June 1st or designate them as a June 1st cap casualty, you don't have to take all of the salary cap hit after you're out of one year. Yeah. And plus the fact that in the case of Cook, they wanted him to take less money. So they waited until they were convinced he wouldn't do it. And, you know, they have less options at this time of year. 
But I, there was speculation on him oh, uh, yeah. a month ago oh, yeah. that he was going to be gone because if you're 30 on that roster, you're an endangered species. Yeah. Um, they. I don't know what Hopkins is looking for in a contract. And, and then Hopkins got let go because they couldn't find a trade partner that he yeah. was willing to work his deal around with. He, he, DeAndre wanted to be a free agent, I think, and pick where he wanted to go is the sense that I get. Um, John, I don't know if you knew this. Since, since 2017, the most money that any free agent has made that has signed after June 1st is Dwayne Brown, his two-year $20 million deal with the Jets a couple of years ago. Well, uh, maybe Hopkins may have to take a one-year deal and show people he's all the way back. Yeah. That, one year for $10 million. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of money available to guys. It all gets spent the first or the last two weeks of March, first two weeks of free agency. Last one, this is also from Joe Q. Is there any scenario where the Texans add an impact player via free agency between now and the season? Not an impact player. If you're an impact player, you wouldn't be available. That's Just right. Like right now, Hop has, had, has had problems for two years. You don't know. The Vikings are not stupid. They must think that they're getting rid of Dalvin Cook a year early instead of waiting a year late. So it's it's hard to add somebody. Now, there's players out there. There's pass rushers out there that don't play the run. So I don't expect Nick Casario to sit on his hands between now and the start of training camp. No, I would. the biggest names out there right now are guys like – with. I mean, Cook and Hopkins, obviously. Yannick Ngakwe is still out there. You know, guy, you're right. Like guys who are kind of one-trick ponies, specialists, you know, who may be able to fill a very specific need for a team. Um, John, before we get out, are you like me kind of watching New England fit metaphorically right now for white smoke to see uh, – to see uh, if what's going on with the Hopkins, either white smoke that he's signing there or white smoke that's coming out of Bill O'Brien's ears that Hopkins might be signing there. Well, the media up there is all fired up about Hopkins getting signed. Mm. And if he does go there, knowing how O'Brien and Hopkins felt about each other, it shows money and time can heal all wounds. Yeah. And, uh, but there's people also, they're saying, is he using the Patriots? to get more money from the Titans or somebody else. And if he signs with New England, I'll be stunned. And everything I used to hear off the record would not be, you know, would not be an issue anymore. And wherever he goes, I hope he's happy because he's a hell receiver. And in the little time that he was healthy after his suspension last year, before he got hurt and Kyler Murray got hurt, he led the NFL in receptions. Mm, yep, he did. The, the, the per game numbers for DeAndre were still very, very good. It's just – the number of games wasn't all that great the last couple of years. That's all. He had uh, one great year in Arizona, and then he, he said issues the last two. Yep, he sure has. Uh, all right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I've got SportsRadio610.com. I have a column on uh, the off-season programs for C.J. Stroud and Anderson. I gave both of them an A, and uh, I think I'm going to do my next one will be 10 things we learned about the – Texans in the off-season program. Then in a couple of weeks, I'll do 10 things we need to learn about the Texans in training camp. Do you feel like you're getting soft giving out all these A's to these young guys, John? That's not the John McClain report card guy that I know. Hey, when the season starts, we'll see. They'll learn yeah. how I can really go. I was going to say, get that arm warming up, John, that report card arm warming up in the bullpen. I'm, I'm ready for some F-minus-minuses for some guys. <laughs> But I'm glad to hear that Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud made it through the Kia team that is John McClain, the report card generator. That's good. So you're legitimately impressed with both guys during this part. Absolutely. Good. That's great. Okay. So hopefully they got those right. Two of the biggest picks in the history of the franchise. So 